Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I just feel really compelled to talk about this. I think that the podcast has become a creative outlet for me. It's akin to a blog, I guess, but more me talking about what's happening for us and also talking about different topics for that are clubfoot related. But this topic's a little bit different because it's currently talking about what we're experiencing right now and then how our clubfoot journey has impacted what we're experiencing with our cutie now. So I'm just going to go for it and hope for the best and that it's helpful and useful for you guys out there. So recently our cutie uh, has had was diagnosed with a new diagnosis. I'm not going to share a whole lot about what the diagnosis is and give a bunch of details because first I just want to protect her privacy and also I don't it just feels like that's my gut instinct is to not overshare but just talk about it in general terms and how we're handling it and we're currently still in the process of learning about it and honestly processing the new diagnosis. Um, But the part that I wanted to talk about with the podcast and how it relates to Clubfoot is I've seen a huge change in the way that I have experienced and dealt with the new diagnosis because of her Clubfoot treatment. Um, Some good and some maybe not so good, not as positive, but I just wanted to talk about the differences I've seen in the way that I handled her clubfoot diagnosis and treatment and how that's now impacting the way that I'm handling her new diagnosis. So one of the ways that I really have noticed a change is just my immediate thirst for knowledge. I, I mean, all of my like Safari pages are on my phone are filled with information about the new diagnosis, like looking up everything, learning everything that I possibly can, spending hours upon hours of researching information about it just so that I can feel empowered with that information. That's different than how I handled the clubfoot diagnosis. Um, Just so you know, this new diagnosis, we have zero, we had zero understanding of it. We'd never heard of it before. Very similar to the way that we had experienced clubfoot. It was a brand new topic that honestly we never knew about. And majority of people that we talk to have no idea unless they're within the medical world and know, have some idea what's happening. So it was, there were a lot of similarities in that. It was, I had to learn everything new. My husband had to learn everything new. And then we have to explain it to everybody in a way that they can understand. And it's all brand new to them. So that means a lot of research, a lot of um, information gathering, resourcing. But I didn't feel as hesitant this time to find out information. So with the clubfoot diagnosis, I was kind of paralyzed with this should I research more? Should I not? You know, ROB had said, don't go searching on the internet because you're going to find all this information that maybe isn't going to be pertinent to you or is going to be scary or fear-inducing for you. And 
But then at that same time, I was like, okay, well, then where do I find information? Like, if there's nothing out there, then uh, am I just stuck in no man's land with no information? So I kind of waffled a lot between trying to find information that was helpful and valuable about Clubfoot, but also not gathering too much. This time I didn't do that. With this new diagnosis, I was like immediately, okay, I'm just going to find out as much information as I can. I'm going to see if there's social media groups attached to it. I'm going to see if there are other parents. I'm going to reach out to people that I know for information. So that research part didn't, there wasn't like this stopgap where I was trying to wait to see whether I needed to find information. It was like immediate, like, I'm just going to look this up and I'm going to spend the rest of my week looking up information about this so that I know as much as I possibly can about it. Because for me, that really helped me feel prepared. And it empowers me, honestly. Knowledge is really important to me because it helps me process new things and it helps me feel prepared for what's coming. And while, yes, I do tend to go to worst case scenario, I find that the benefit of finding out information overweighs the risk of feeling overwhelmed with the information. So for me, there's a cost benefit, right? Uh, there's more benefit to it than there is cost for the research information. So that's a change compared to what I dealt with when she had, when we had first learned about her clubfoot diagnosis. The second big piece is my resourcing. I've noticed that like I've spent a lot of going, okay, who do I know that I could contact about this? Who is somebody that I could ask questions for? Where are different places that I can utilize resources? Who, um, so that's been really different for me because when I found out about the Clubfoot, I felt really isolated and I didn't want to reach out to people first because I was processing everything. But I also didn't feel like I had as many arsenals, like as many tools in my toolbox, right? So now I have these people that I've connected with through her Clubfoot treatment and I've been able to go, okay, I'm going to reach out to this person because I'm sure that they have some information about this. And then, oh, what if I talk to this friend because I know that her child is going through a similar thing or I've just kind of heard through the grapevine or I'm going to go look for the support groups on social media and see what people are kind of dealing with and how they're handling it. And I'm going to listen to different podcasts about people who potentially have the same diagnosis and how they're handling it with their child. And I just feel like my ability to resource out has changed dramatically because she has clubfoot and I had to do that with that. So I will give like a huge shout out to Katie on Child Life On Call. She's a child life specialist. I don't know if you guys listened to my episode where I did an interview on her podcast about clubfoot and what child life specialists are. And I've done some posting about it on um, my Instagram, but I reached out to her and I was like, hey, this is what we're going through. Any ideas, tips, like how can you help us kind of figure out how we're going to go through these um, medical procedures that we're now going to have to go through? And she was awesome and gave me direct information, which was really helpful, but then also was like, these are the things that you should ask for. Here's what you can do. This is where you can advocate. And that felt really different from what I felt like before, where I didn't even know a child life specialist existed when I had a clubfoot kid. So I didn't have a person that I felt like I could go, okay, they're going to understand what's going on and they're going to potentially have some 
advice and tips or at least ability to reach out to other people to go, hey, you should talk to this person or connect with this person um, or ask your hospital to do this for you. And so that's been really different and really helpful and changed since I had a clubfoot kid. I don't think I would have had that same skill set and those same tools if she didn't have clubfoot because I wouldn't have connected with these same people and I wouldn't have the knowledge base that I have now. And the other part is, another one is like the third is advocating. So we've, I've talked about this in other podcasts and I'm actually working on a course to do it for the Baby Sparks app that I do, which of course I can just never find the time to actually like videotape. I can barely find time to do the podcast. So, but this part of like advocating for your kid and how that looks. And I think I feel very different about that going into this new diagnosis than I did with her clubfoot. I didn't, I didn't know what I should advocate for. I didn't feel like that was in my wheelhouse. I've talked about how advocating is kind of like a muscle and I, it was definitely really weak when I had her and when we had started treatment, but it's grown stronger and I've worked on it and built it. And, um, by this point, I was like, okay, where are the spots that I can really push for her? I didn't just take what the doctors were saying and say, I took it all in and I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm processing. But at the same time, I'm always driving from a different place. It's with her in mind. So it's going, is this necessary? Do we really have to do this? Do can you explain to me why we have to do this every week instead of, you know, once a month? It's it's that part that I think is different for me. I'm not, while I'm listening and I'm learning and I'm taking in what they're saying, I'm also going, I know my child best. I am really important in this process. I am the most important person on her team because I am the one that's with her. I'm watching her. I'm with her all the time. And so for me, that knowledge is different than what I had when I went into clubfoot treatment. So I'm not just taking the information that they're giving me and not questioning it and just going, yep, that's right. Yes, I'm just going to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm kind of going, okay, well, you need to explain to me why we're doing this. We're going to, and I'm risking that same kind of cost benefit. I'm, I'm evaluating that all the time. Like what's the benefit of doing these medical treatments if there's no... And what's the cost? Like, if there isn't going to be a change in her treatment, why are we doing these things? And then I need that to be explained to me. And I'm not afraid to ask the questions. Okay, that's a huge difference for me. I felt like I asked questions when we were going through the clubfoot treatment, and especially the casting tenotomy, going through the transition to boots and bar. But they were always timid. It was always with this like, well, if it's okay if I ask this, well, it was with this sort of, I don't really know the right word that I'm looking for, but this kind of, I wanted permission to ask the question, right? It was, if it's okay with you, can you tell me what this is? Whereas now I'm like, no, you need to explain to me what's happening. You need to explain to me why we're doing this, what the treatment is, and in I need to have a full understanding of what this means and what this looks like before I sign off on anything that we're going to do moving forward. Um, that's a huge shift for me. And that wouldn't have happened if she didn't have clubfoot, right? I, if I wouldn't have learned and kind of flexed that 
self-advocating muscle and learn to really push through that and know that it's okay, I wouldn't be where we are today. Like the, the way that I'm handling this is so different because of that. And I feel okay and honestly empowered that I'm driving from her point of view. I'm driving for her. And that's important. And it's really important for me. And it's okay for me to ask questions. And it is okay for me to want explanations for the reasons why we're doing the things that we're doing. And not feel like I'm putting somebody out by doing that not feel like I'm questioning them and so then they're going to be mad at me because I'm questioning what they're doing. I am really taking a stand in my voice as her parent and knowing that that's okay. And honestly, I don't feel uncomfortable this time around. I don't like if I'm going to be just really frank about it. I just don't feel bad. I am going to ask questions and I'm going to um, push where I need to push and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And if it wasn't for her having clubfoot, that would not be here today. That wouldn't be where I'm at. So it's really informed the way that I've moved forward through this new diagnosis with her. And I think the last part, so the asking questions was the other one. So we had the advocating, the asking questions. And now the last one is just allowing the emotional process without judgment. And what that kind of means is I've known, since I've gone through a diagnosis like this before, where I didn't know anything about it, I had to learn, I have to explain to everybody, everybody in her life needs to have an understanding of what's happening. Um, I haven't had as much judgment with myself about my emotional process. And at first I was really like adrenaline focused, like I'm in go mode, like what are we doing? I'm learning, I'm finding out all the information, I'm making sure her school has the correct information, I'm, you know, resourcing everything out, learning as much as I can, advocating for her, asking all the questions. And then there came a point where it was like, okay, like I'm, allowing myself to feel what I need to feel without going, it's going to be okay. And this is fixable and she's going to be better. And it could be all these million other things that are worse. And those are all like a hundred percent true, but that doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to feel sad and deflated and scared and overwhelmed and angry. I'm allowed to feel all those things and they may not happen right away. They may happen a week. They may happen another week from now. They may happen when I'm supposed to feel super excited. And I'm also just taking more notice of it going, okay, so when, when I'm alone, when everybody's gone, when, when the house is quiet, I feel deflated. I'm just acknowledging that and going. So that means when everyone else is around and I'm dealing with everything, I feel like I'm shoring everybody up. And when I finally get a moment to decompress, I'm decompressing. And that's when I feel sad and it's okay. And there are times where I just have broken down and just cried about the fact that like, but the, she's already been through enough. Like, it's already enough. Like, 
all the things that I've told myself about, oh, shit's going to build resiliency. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. But she already is resilient. Like, why her? Why does she have to go through more? Um, and I think allowing myself to feel those things, acknowledging that I feel them, and not trying to make myself feel better or different has been a big change. When she had clubfoot, I tried to convince myself after the diagnosis a lot, like, it's fixable, it's going to be okay, everything's going to be fine, and, you know, you shouldn't feel too bad because of out of all the birth defects, this is a great birth defect to have, and, you know, I kind of tried to convince myself and push my emotional process away, and this time around, I'm just taking it as it comes, and there are going to be some days where I'm really sad, and I'm not going to have any energy to even respond to people's text messages. And there are going to be days that I'm going to be good. And I'm going to be like, great, let's go. Let's do stuff. I'm, I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm pushing. And, and <clears throat> sometimes I'm not going to know what day it is or what moment it is. It's just going to be what it is. And being okay with that. So I guess my hope with recording this episode and sending it out into the world and having kind of this clubfoot base listen to it is just knowing that you're learn like you're learning a lot about yourself and you're growing a ton. And when new things happen with your cutie or with your other kids or even with yourself, like you're gonna be changed through this situation. Your clubfoot treatment journey with your child is going to change the way that you parent. Is going to change the way that you interact with the medical world. It's going to change a lot about you. And some of that is really positive and it's really growth oriented. And while it's hard to be stuck in the weeds, and the last thing that I want is for my child to have to go through any more than she's already been through. Um, I think she's got a more equipped parent this time around. She's got a different person in her corner. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to her for teaching me so much. I'm grateful to the Clubfoot journey and community for changing the way that I interact and helping her. So... I just want you all to know that things change. And if there's one thing that this clubfoot thing has taught me this whole ride is that I can be flexible and I can learn and I can grow and I can do hard things. So as always, thanks for listening. And please like, subscribe, share if you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to get in contact with me with directly, I'd love to hear from you guys. So you can do that through my website at maureenhoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.